The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. Rainmaker FM. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, here to take you on yet another tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of renowned writers. The co-creator and co-writer of the number one international hit podcast, Welcome to Night Vale, and New York Times bestselling co-author of the novel of the same name, Jeffrey Craner, dropped by this week to talk to me about the importance of collaboration, deadlines, and bad writing. In addition to producing and touring with the theater ensemble, the New York Neo-Futurists, the playwright and author tours with live shows for the Night Vale Presents production banner co-created with Joseph Fink. Night Vale Presents now produces four podcasts that often sit atop the charts, including Within the Wires, also created by the author, and they recently published two volumes of episode transcripts that include extras for fans of their original show. Welcome to Night Vale has been described as NPR meets the Twilight Zone, a sci-fi broadcast about a small desert community where strange mythologies abound and all conspiracy theory is potentially real. In part one of this file, Jeffrey and I discuss why writing collaboratively can help you become less precious about your work, how a hit podcast producer and novelist divides his time, an author's comforts in coffee and sports talk radio, why the law of averages says you won't always find the words, and the importance of building a platform and setting a deadline for publish. If you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. This episode of The Writer Files is brought to you by Audible. I'll have more on their special offer later in the show, but if you love audiobooks or you've always wanted to give them a try, You can check out over 180,000 titles right now at audibletrial.com slash rainmaker. And we are rolling today with a a very special guest, Jeffrey Craner, co-author and co-creator of the international phenomenon that is Welcome to Night Vale. Thanks for coming on the show, Jeffrey. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kelton. I just, uh, I'm fascinated by kind of what you guys are doing and, and all the writing projects you must have in the hopper just is, is um, inspiring to see. Um, it looks like you've just recently released some new books. They look like transcripts. So those are collections of mm-hmm. um, kind of the transcripts of the shows 
and there are two collections now. Is that right? Yeah, we put out the uh, we put out the first two volumes, which would be the first two years of Welcome to Nightville episodes. So that gets us Amazing. through uh, June of 2014. Wow! So we'll wow! We have uh, the next two years published in, uh, pretty soon, and then we'll hopefully our goal is just to kind of have an annual volume of uh, Nightville episodes each year, and okay. uh, with uh, we do. We added a bunch of, uh, just so it wasn't just transcripts, we added a bunch of like uh, kind of director's note style background info uh, on some of the episodes and things like that. Right, right. So there's some bonus stuff in there for the diehards and they can kind of see a glimpse into your your uh, brilliance <laughs> as a writer. So, I mean, you've done so many things um, as a writer. I understand you have a theater background, you've been a playwright and a theater producer. Now you are a, you know, a best-selling author, New York Times best-selling author of this novel, Welcome to Night Vale, of the same uh, name. And um, so you're a busy guy and you have all these other projects in the, in the hopper with um, the Night Vale Presents. It seems like you have four shows now under that banner. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a lot going on. So <laughs> maybe to start out, um, for listeners who aren't familiar with the uh, Night Vale international uh, phenomenon is the podcast and the, and the best-selling books. You could kind of uh, give us a little bit about your origin just as a writer and how you, how you got here. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, origin as a writer is really just, uh, I don't know, I think I think kind of just like origin of a any other sort of career is that, I don't know, you just sort of like it a lot. Um, I, I can't remember when I started writing. I remember as early as like elementary school just writing uh, satires of some of the books that were read to us in classes by teachers. Hmm. And, um, you know, so you would write these like uh, little goofs on that and it would be a thing that you would, like, I would just like pass it to a friend and then they would laugh and giggle and stuff. It'd be like a one page deal. It wasn't like I was <laughs> writing books as a, as a 10 year old, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, for me, I, I read a lot of, I, re- I read a lot of just whatever, seemed fun to read. Like I remember reading Hardy Boys. I remember reading, uh, I remember reading a lot of choose your own adventure books. Uh, I I read Alice in Wonderland over and over as a kid and and I visited my grandparents a lot uh, as a kiddo and they had a lot of humor books, people like Irma Bombeck and Dave Barry and Louis Grizzard. And I I read a lot of them. I really liked comedy. I I just always thought, I I just, I, I realized at a young age, I wanted to be a comedy writer and yeah. and I wasn't really sure what course that would take because I'm not really a get up in front of people and make people laugh type of person. But uh, writing seemed a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I I you know I got I got really into I got really into Dave Barry and, uh, all throughout high school and I tried to be a humor columnist for my <laughs> high school newspaper and got into journalism and that was what my degree was in when I went to university. But yeah. um. Yeah, I think I think that was sort of my goal, but I I got really invested in in theater in college. I just uh, I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed watching stage plays. I enjoyed reading them, and uh, so I started my hand at playwriting and trying that. And that's that's been kind of a long process for me because uh, you know the world of making theater is is uh, it's really expensive. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. gatekeepers along the way. It's a it's a very tough field. Uh, to break into. It just takes a long time uh, to get your work accepted. There's a lot of different stops along the way. It's not like submitting a tra- uh, manuscript to a publisher and saying, right. hey, I'd like to 
you to print my book. And you just get a lot of no, 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 no. And then eventually somebody will say, sure, we'll print this book. Uh, in playwriting, it's just a lot of people going, sure, we'll uh, we'll get some actors <laughs> together and do a staged reading. <laughs> and that's fun, but also a little disheartening uh, just because it takes so long to produce stuff. Yeah. Um, anyways, I got involved uh, like in my early 30s. Uh, so uh, almost 10 years ago, I got involved in uh, a theater company called the New York Neo-Futurists. Uh, here in Manhattan, and uh, th- that's a gr- it's a collective of of writers and performers, and uh, we we do this weekly show called Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind, and it is basically thirty plays uh, on a timer of sixty minutes. So we do a show where we have thirty short plays. Wow. Uh, we do them in a random order every night based off of at the end of every play, the audience just calls out the next play they want to see and we do that play. And we have a timer on the wall that's 60 minutes long. If it runs out before we're done, well, we just too bad we stop mid-show and say, good night, everyone, <laughs> and send you home. So it does become a, it becomes this kind of theater as sport sort of thing as competing against a timer. And we write new plays every week for it too. So it's sort of, it was this really wonderful thing for me as a, as a, as a writer to, to, to do that because it forces you to not be precious about your work. It forces you to make yeah. new things constantly to always think about reinventing yourself. And uh, yeah, that, that was really good for me. Uh, that, that really helped take a lot of the load off because as a playwright, it's all about this one work and you spend months and months and maybe years just trying to make a thing. And the neo future sort of taught me that that's not really necessary. Like just Find a stage and get something up, make something happen, um, you know, uh, be in the now, be in this moment. And uh, podcasting was really that way, too. And I met my co-writer, Joseph, who created the concept of Welcome to Night Vale uh, through the Neo-Futurists. And, yeah, we just, uh, we love podcasts a lot. So we we started making the Welcome to Night Vale show. Amazing. Yeah, and it's exploded from there into this uh, number one uh, international podcast and, and best-selling book and and more to come so are you are, do you have another uh novel in the works the first one is is really cool thank you um and it's stand a standalone uh story right it's a, yeah. it's a kind of an offshoot of the of a podcast yeah our, our goal in writing that novel was to make a novel that anyone could read right like I mean, we're not trying to like supplement the expanded universe of of welcome to night vale uh, uh, although uh, expanded universe is such a weird loaded term <laughs> that and canon and things like that are always sort of uh, stuff we kind of avoid saying but yeah it wasn't we didn't want to write a novel that only fans of the podcast would like because it, uh, it just seems sort of dull I feel like the podcast develops its own fans and I, and I think we wanted to write something that if you like the podcast you would like the novel but um, yeah. I don't know it's been really interesting we've met a few people who had never heard of the podcast saw the book liked the cover or something like that or had vaguely heard about it and read it and 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 just thought it was wonderful and and that that was sort of our goal is to make something that you didn't really need any other context for yeah uh, but we are we're working on another one uh, we're working on a second novel uh, <laughs> it was um, it, uh, I don't have a release date for it yet but we're, we're almost finished writing it Oh, cool. And um, so that's going to be exciting. You know, it'll be, uh, you know, set in the same universe, I guess is the right word to say for yeah. Night Vale. But um, yeah, we're just going to try and follow different stories and uh, kind of uh, create a, a separate kind of standalone piece that kind of connects to the podcast, connects to the other novel, things like that. But ultimately is, a, is its own thing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff. 
Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Uh, well, congrats on all the successes that you all have had. Joseph Fink is the co-author and, and co-creator of Welcome to Night Vale. And, and now you all have, I mean, you've been on a book tour, doing live shows. Uh, you have now these four other podcasts and you're producing Within the Wires. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we're, we're down to our last two episodes of, of that show. And it is quite a ride. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I was really enjoying it today, this morning over breakfast. Awesome. Hope you got your breathing exercises <laughs> or, or whatever. You I, I wasn't sure if I was feeling relaxed afterwards, but it was <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, and it's amazing, amazing stuff. So um, the, the newest uh, addition is the Mostly Void, Partially uh, st- and partially stars. I'm totally mispronouncing that. Sorry. And then the great glowing coils of the universe. And those are those collections um, that can be found at welcometonightvale.com. And where else can we find your writing? I understand you have like a couple other websites where you put stuff. Yeah, I mean, mostly I would say, if if anything, like my my writing is mostly through Welcome to Night Vale and also through uh, the Within the Wires podcast. And then, you know, we have these books out. I, I, I occasionally post to my website, but um, I say occasionally. Mm-hmm. I may not have updated in the last four or five years. Like, I, I, I bet if you went to my personal website right now, it would say, working on a new podcast idea with Joseph Fink. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, you know, I have, I have my Tumblr blog, uh, Happier Man, uh, on Tumblr, so I post to that occasionally. And then also my writing through the Neo-Futurists, I, I don't get to perform with them quite as often um, as, as I used to. Um, yeah. But we're going to be, I'm pretty excited because in, in the first three weekends in London, uh, the first three weekends in November, I'm going to be in London and uh, we're going to be doing um, uh, Too Much Light Makes a Baby Go Blind performances 
um, at the Rosemary Branch Theater in London for the first three weeks of November. I'm really excited about that because I, one, get to do too much light again, and and two, we'll get to uh, perform in a totally different country, nice. um, which will, which will be great. So, anyways, I'll be I'll be in London uh, at the Rosemary Branch the first three weekends of uh, of November performing my own original writing and and the original writing of everyone else in the company. Love it, love it. Wish I could be there, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I'd love to dig into your, into your process a little bit sure. as a writer. Um, I'm fascinated by um, kind of the, the the depth and breadth of the the stuff you do. Um, I know that <laughs> I have this uh, memory of of someone asking, or Neil Gaiman writes about, kind of like people asking him, like, where do you get your ideas? And I'm sure a lot of people ask you that, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you that here. Um, Great, because uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. He said, I make them up out of my head. What, and, you know, what else? Do uh-huh. you do? Um, but, you know, I understand that the, the hard part is the execution and kind of getting your butt in the chair and actually getting, getting that, those ideas down. So how much time uh, per day would you say you're kind of reading or doing research for stuff? Uh, I, I guess it's, it, it's pretty loose depending on how much you, how, I guess it's depending on how strictly you define research, right? Like, this is a, cause yeah. there, there are some days where I, where I don't write a single thing and I don't read a single thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, it, it's, but, but I may, uh, it may be a day where I'm, uh, uh, you know, listening to podcasts all day, or I've got an audio book on in my head, which is sort of like reading. Um, yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And so that I, I spend a lot of time without a book or even a, a, a computer in my hand. Um, and it might just be because I'm going for a run or mowing the lawn or something, and I'm just plowing through some podcasts, which is, yeah. which is um, in a lot of ways, given my job in writing podcasts is, is the equivalent to a writer reading a book, right? It's, it's you just yeah. getting the flow of that. So, you know, listening to a lot of, uh, listening to a lot of podcasts and, and reading a lot of books. I mean, I, it's been a good chunk of, of each day trying to do a little bit of that. Um, yeah. Some days like, you know, the past couple of weeks, I've been trying, I've tried to be in front of a computer every day, writing several thousand words a day so we can finish the novel. And yeah, so yeah. I can finish the last few episodes of Within the Wires and, um, you know, all that, uh, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it kind of varies, but yeah, I, I try to, I try to get down uh, a few words every day just because it, it just feels good to kind of spit out a few things. And a lot of those are just in a, a file I call rough material on my on my computer. And it's just a text file just full of miscellaneous junk. And sometimes I'll try and write like a little traffic report for Welcome to Night Vale episode or something. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or maybe it just it's just a diary thing. Like it's just, I don't know, talking about the, the leaves changing here in New York. Uh, it's really beautiful out right now. And, um, you know, just to kind of get a little bit of that out. We will be right back after a very short break. Thanks so much for listening to The Writer Files. This episode of The Writer Files is brought to you by Audible. Offering over 180,000 audiobook titles to choose from, Audible seamlessly delivers the worlds of both fiction and nonfiction to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or computer. For Rainmaker FM listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check them out. Grab your free audiobook right now by visiting audibletrial.com slash rainmaker. I just hopped over there to grab Stephen King's epic novel, 112263, about an English teacher who goes back in time to prevent the assassination of JFK. You can download your pick or any other audiobook free by heading over to audibletrial.com slash rainmaker. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash rainmaker. 
Are you brewing a pot of coffee before you sit down to write? <laughs> I brew a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, I, I try to um, I try to stop drinking coffee once it's past uh, 12 p.m. Uh, so <laughs> just to, just for general health. But yeah, I I mean I just love coffee. So yeah, I'll brew coffee every morning. And my morning is kind of my time that if I'm gonna just sit and not do anything, I will sit and have a coffee. Um, sometimes I'll go out you know, sit on the, on the, on the, on the porch if the weather's nice and just drink a coffee and maybe put on, um, I don't know, put on a podcast, just listen to that for a little bit, maybe do a, a crossword, just kind of, un, kind of unwind from the stress of sleep. <laughs> and then, and then kind of <laughs> once I've, once I've kind of gotten through my, my morning coffee, I'll, I'll run downstairs and, 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 uh, start actually typing on things. Nice. Nice. Once you get going, kind of get into the writing mode, then do you still have the headphones on? Do you l- listen to music or do you prefer silence? For a long time, I used to just have headphones on all the time. Um, I've gotten to the point now, especially in writing writing the novel, I've kind of gotten out of the habit of listening to anything while I write. Now, now I t- kind of try and work in silence if I can. But um, for many years, I would write while listening to sports talk radio. And, um, Mm. so I would tune in to, uh, and, and I don't know why that, I don't know why that is. I think it's because I've listened to um, a sports fan. So I've listened to sports talk for a long time. It's, I I don't know that sports talk radio is good or good for you. Uh, (laughs) however, it's, um, it's, it's kind of relaxing to me because it's just kind of like, I don't know. It just sounds like people in the background chatting. Uh, it's kind of about the same thing over and over again. Every now and then there's a moment when it, can stop and hear a really interesting story, like a really, like, oh, this person really did some research and has this interesting story to tell, and so I'll stop and listen to that. Right. Um, but a lot of it is just, I don't know, callers calling in, complaining about the Cowboys defense or something. <laughs> and so right, you're just right. like, well, okay, this is just comforting. This is just a thing happening, and and it feels good to just kind of type with some energy happening in the background. Um, music is hard for me because I, I I will start getting into the music and and we'll, we'll forget to write. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting one. I haven't heard it before. Um, but yeah, I imagine it's kind of like, um, you know, those guys you, you meet in a bar who are just total strangers, but all of a sudden, like, they just want to share their opinion with you <laughs> right. and, it's, and it's okay. It's like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Man. About the defense. And- well, and you hear the same thing over and over again. I mean, there's only so much you can hear about, um, uh, worry about you know any <laughs> usage of the Red Sox middle relief rotation. <laughs> you just right. like you're like oh, I've I've heard all of these arguments before. It's, it's this is great. <laughs> it's very comforting because it's something from childhood. But um, yeah. that's fine. Um, cool. Well, here's the million dollar question for for all writers: Do you believe in writer's block? No, I don't. Um, I mean. <sighs> Let me, let me hedge that a little bit by saying that, like, I, I believe if if you feel like you have writer's block, then then I guess you do. But and and I'm not saying that you can overcome any moment where you can't think of a good idea. You know, there are some days you just I don't know, just the writing is harder than other days. You know, some days running is harder than other days. Some days I don't want to have to mow the lawn, but. Um, yeah, you just, you just do. And some days you do a better job that mowing the lawn than others. And I, <laughs> I think the thing with writer's block is, is that, um, I don't know, let's go back to the sports analogy. It's, it's like a batting slump, right? It's just mm-hmm. the law of averages in baseball is just that you're, you're not going to constantly hit 300. You're not going to hit three out of every seven <laughs> or three out of every 10 
uh, <laughs> at bats. You are going to have stretches where you only get like three hits out of 20 or 25 at bats. And some days you'll have 10 straight at bats with a hit or getting on base. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to come back around. You always, in like in baseball, with uh, as in writing, you just sort of trust your process, trust your body, trust your mind that you have been doing this for years. And um, it's going to come back around. And, and I don't think there's any shame in taking a step away from your computer for a little bit and saying it's just not there. I mean, I think you have to give yourself a fighting chance and uh, not give up after 30 minutes. But, you know, some days it's 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 not there for you. And, you know, uh, go out, clear your mind, do something else, come back later, read a book, uh, listen to a yeah. podcast, do something to kind of maybe help start it up. But um, I don't, writer's block sounds so, has always sounded so like permanent and just that <laughs> this is a condition you can't get over. And right. um, neurologically, maybe there's something to that. You know, uh, Chuck Knobloch of the New York Yankees once just stopped being able to throw the ball to first base. Like it, it <laughs> he literally could not throw the ball to first base. And it was, I think the same thing happened to the uh, Red Sox catcher, Jared, Jared Sotho who just stopped being able to throw the ball correctly. And I'm sure there's some neurological thing that says, Oh, suddenly you can't remember how to do a really basic function. Right. right. But I don't know. I think there are a lot of ways around it. Uh, I, I think if you are writing all the time, that's great. I think where writer's block seems really profound is when you're on a deadline. <laughs> you're like, I have yeah. until 8 a.m. tomorrow morning to finish this 10-page paper due for my econ class. <laughs> um, I have writer's block. <laughs> well, of, of course you have writer's block now because there's a lot of pressure on you to finish it immediately. Can we see a note from your doctor? <laughs> um well, um, I'd love to dig in your workflow because, you know, I mean, it seems like with the, with the different types of writing you're doing, uh, you, that you have some processes in place. Are you a Mac or a, a PC guy? Um, I've been on the Mac. I've been on a Mac for the last, uh, probably seven years now. Yeah. 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 And, um, do you, are you working in Microsoft Word or Scrivener primarily, or do you kind of bounce around? I have a program called Text Wrangler, which is a, it's a software developing platform. It's basically mm. a text-only platform. Um, yeah. It's made for programmers. It definitely, uh, I usually just set it to text-only and not um, HTML or Java or C++ or whatever it's wanting to do with programming. <laughs> right. I, I, I used to make websites as a freelance job. And, um, you know, okay. I used to code websites back when web, web coding was really simple, like back in the late 90s and early aughts when it was sure. <laughs> HTML, CSS sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So I've always had a program like this on my computer, and I started writing in it because there's no formatting. There's right. just, um, yeah, you just have your you just have your letters and spaces and, and uh, paragraphs, and that's it. And it kind of keeps me from messing with all the bells and whistles of Microsoft Word. Yeah, yeah. Or as my friend Sonia says, the dancing baloney. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> cool. Well, do you have some organizational hacks that kind of keep you in line with your multiple projects, multiple deadlines that you can share with us? I think the number one, and this seems sort of obvious, uh, but I think the number one thing to keep me organized is is deadlines. And that seems really obvious because it's built right into your question, which is deadlines. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think... On the outset of any project, when I'm like, I'm going to, I want to do something. And and I can't tell you how many times in my life I've said, I, I want to do a thing. And then I just never do it. 
And you kind of tell people, I'm thinking about this kind of project. I'm going to write a thing where it's like this. And people are like, cool, cool. But then you don't ever really actually do it. And and I found in theater, once I sort of, you know, talking about the neo-futurists earlier, this idea of just getting your work out there, finding a platform upon which to put your work and, st- and, and not wait around for like submitting it to places or going through this longer process of just saying, you know what, I'm going to self-produce this, or I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to find a place that, that I can do this. And I'm just going to take it on myself. And once you do that, you have a deadline, you've rented a theater, you've, you've set a place to do a, a thing and now you have to do it. And so once you have a deadline, like that solves 90% of your problems. Cause after yeah. that, you now you just have to make it. And I feel like for me anyway, having the the responsibility to actually make something because then it's no longer about whether or not I have a good idea. Now it's whether or not I'm going to fulfill the promise I made to the theater that I rented and the people I invited <laughs> to see the show. Yeah. So now it has nothing to do with the quality of my idea. I just have to trust that I'm good at writing enough to to execute it. So that helps a lot. And and I've done a lot of bad writing and a lot of bad theater. Uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I've done a, a lot of bad uh, of those things, but that's fine. Like you just do it and you move on. I think the other thing that I've found really helpful and, and in podcasting and theater, it, it, you just sort of naturally have to do this, which is working with collaborators mm-hmm. and having collaborative efforts as a writer is, is really, really great because it, it, it just, one, it broadens your own horizons as a writer. It makes you think about the way other people write and other people have good ideas. There's someone else in the process to be like, I don't know that that's a good idea or uh, I kind of <laughs> like to avoid this particular trope. And, sure. uh, and and that's really, it's really good to hear in a collaborative process. Plus, they help you stick to your deadlines. Like there's, you know, it's one thing to let yourself down. Um, it's totally another thing to let other people down. And, and I don't like doing the latter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Um, other organizational hacks. When I sit down to write, I've taken to turning off my phone and my Wi-Fi on my computer. Hmm. Uh, I don't write by hand anymore because it's just too slow. Uh, sometimes I jot notes in a notebook, but uh, mostly everything is done on the computer now. Yeah. But I will, I will shut down my Wi-Fi and I will close everything but the um, but my text editor. And then I'll just write. If I have a question I need to look up, I will just highlight it with like a, a series of like pound signs so I can go back and search for those later. So yeah, I do that just to keep me from going down the rabbit hole of, oh, you know what, I'm a check. Uh, I just got a text message. Let's see what this is. Or, um, oh, somebody needs this from me on email. Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. I'm just trying to go back to like the 80s and 90s when you just couldn't <laughs> reach everyone all the time whenever you wanted. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I hear writers say that they've got these apps that will, you know, shut off the internet or whatever. But I mean, the easiest way to do it is to actually shut off the internet. Yeah. And just go completely off the grid. Click that switch and, and there's no going back. Thanks so much for joining me for this half of a tour through the writer's process. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on iTunes to help other writers find us. For more episodes or to just leave a comment or a question, you can drop by writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.